return is very close And so you better be believing that our God is an awesome God Our God is an awesome God Welcome to a service at Holy Life Tabernacle in Brookings, South Dakota. We are proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. Now let's go into the sanctuary and here's today's message. Yesterday, yesterday morning, early in the morning, I went to India. A pastor, South India, uh, had contacted me and said, can can." can I come to their prayer meeting, Saturday night prayer meeting? I said, sure. So they set this up, and of course the internet's choppy and so forth like that. But here's this house, a house church, South India building a church, and uh, men and women, the women are up front here, some men in the back and so forth, but just watching this little screen and then just sharing the word of God. And they said, you know, if, you, if, we, if I could join them in this meeting and so forth for 20 minutes, great. Of course it turned into an hour and a half. But it was, it was uh, a real blessing. I think there's one more. Jeannie took a picture of the, just the screen, you know, because uh, uh, maybe not. Should be one more, a little pick with that. Uh, oh, is this one there? Okay. So anyway, uh, so I shared very briefly with interpretation through a broken Internet, so to speak. And then at the end, all of a sudden I thought, wow, somebody there with stomach issues you know, stomach pain, stomach issues, and so forth. And, uh, and I just spoke through the screen to the other side of the world. And then I said, thought, oh, you know, somebody's pain in their eyes, and their eyes, they're having uh, difficulty with their vision and so forth. And, an, and a lady, an older lady, stood up in the video. And, and uh, so anyway, I just spoke healing in the name of Jesus. And so as, afterwards, the pastor, Pastor Dillip, uh, he got on the screen. He says, Pastor, let me see. So he brought over this older man. He says, this is the man with the stomach problems. who God, God's healed this man. Older man who is standing there, you know, on this video. And, and God touched this man and healed his stomach in the name of Jesus. And then this woman came forward. Uh, an older woman came forward and she was, you know, motioning with her eyes and, of course, spoke, uh, speaking in Tamil. And God healed her eyes, and she was rejoicing. Her eyes were healed. And, and uh, the pastor said, he says, Pastor, this is it's amazing. It's happened so quickly. <laughs> and, uh, you know, God is that way. You don't need a hand laid on you. You just, you just you, sometimes it happens, but otherwise you just receive by the Holy Spirit. And when you receive by the Holy Spirit, something good can happen. And uh, later the pastor uh, texted me on WhatsApp, and he said, this is one of the best days we've ever had, you know. And I just thought, you know, how, what a blessing that is. And these are people now in this particular place who've never met us. This pastor I met years ago, but as he's pioneering this church, we've never met any of these people. And uh, yet, how the Holy Spirit can work, amen, through technology, amen, amen. Uh, so that was tremendous. It was very, very powerful. Um, on Thursday or on Friday morning, uh, Pastor Jeannie and I, we were reading our Bibles and so forth and doing some studying. And uh, then we got news from Liberia. And the news from Liberia was very, very sad for us. Uh, we've known Bishop Lewis there for many years. And his wife um, that we've known, her name is Nori. And Nori, uh, just this woman, um, 
you would think she never had a problem. She has all kinds of resources, all kinds of stuff. And, uh, uh, but it's not true. You know, Nori, Nori says, only one can make you happy, and his name is Jesus. Only one who can feel, fulfill your life, and his name is Jesus. Jeannie posted different things about her through the years on Facebook about Nori. But Nori preached last Wednesday and preached a powerful message. Bishop Lewis was telling me about this message and so forth. And they sat out on Wednesday night. Of course, it's very hot there. They sat out and just in the presence of the Lord, they went to bed. And then early Thursday morning, she died. And she was just 55. And uh, we talked to Bishop Lewis. We just wept thinking about uh, her heart. Of course, she's with the Lord. But let's play a couple things here with Nori. All right. Volume. Start it over. Yep, start it from the beginning, please. That's in the beginning. Next. My best man, I say thank you. God will be with you every day and night. Your glory is coming in with the blessed. Oh, my child of purpose. God love you the best. I pray to the Almighty God that you must see your great, 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 great grandchildren. Thank you. It was Bishop Lewis in the background saying, that's a prophetic word. So, so just put her picture there again. Father, we thank you for blessing Bishop Lewis. Can you just put that picture there, please? Um, just stop it now. Just stop it. Thank you, Lord, for blessing Bishop Lewis and his family, even today, which is Sunday afternoon for them. We thank you for blessing them supernaturally, Father, comforting them with the Holy Spirit and all the hundreds of school children and the church there. Lord, we just thank you for ministering to them, Father, by your Spirit. We thank you that Nori's with you, rejoicing in your presence. What a great example she's been to all of us, Lord. And we thank you for a blessed memory of this saint of God in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right, let's stand up for a second. All right, did you bring your Bibles today? Say it with me. This is my... Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. Today I'll be taught the Word of God. I boldly confess. My mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I'm about to receive the incorruptible, indestructible, ever-living seed of the Word of God. And I'll never be the same. Never, never, never. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, hallelujah. Praise God, so glad you're here. Thank you for those joining us again. 
Facebook Live or YouTube, from the website. We just bless you in Jesus' name. From this country to other countries, from our church family, those of you that are not able to be out, we bless you in the name of Jesus. We pray for you by name, and we speak blessings over you, healings upon you in the name of Jesus. And we thank God for your love and your friendship and your fellowship. And we look forward when we'll see each other face to face again. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. All right, so today... Kids rock, heads back there, ages three to first grade, head back there. So today, think about this. As we celebrate Christmas, I grew up, as all of us grew up, we celebrate Christmas, we have presents, we think about uh, Jesus coming to the earth and so forth. Here's what I realized when I was in college. This is what happened when some people witnessed to me and the people said, Jesus is coming again. And my thought was, you're kidding. How can that be? <laughs> he already came. And he said, no, he's coming again. And that, that, that sort of thing scared me because I didn't know Jesus. I didn't know him as my Savior. I only knew a religion. I didn't have a relationship. And they said, he's coming again. Now, what I want to share with you today is something you can share with other people, and that is the fact there is a sequel to Christmas. Just call it Christmas 2. Okay, we had the first coming of Jesus Christ, and now we are, we are going to have the second coming of Jesus Christ. And let me just tell you, the first coming is very important, and the second one is equally as important. Amen? So, so Matthew one twenty one, of course, says that Jesus would come. He would save their people from their sin. Well, hallelujah for that. All right? So she brought forth a son. We called his name Jesus. There's no other name like that name. And he will save his people from their sins. Thank you, Lord. John 10.10 10 says that, uh, the, that he came to give us life and life more abundantly. Acts chapter 3 said he came to bless us. Amen. So Acts 3, sent Jesus who was preached before you. Acts 3, actually it's 3.26. But God sent Jesus to bless you. What's the blessing? It's the blessing of forgiveness. Amen? The, you know, you can have all the money in the world, but if you don't have Jesus, not going to do you any good. I've said at many, many funerals, there's no U-Hauls following the hearse. So it doesn't matter how much money you had, even all the accolades of this life. If you don't know Jesus, does you no good whatsoever? Amen. So knowing Jesus. So he sent Jesus to bless us, bringing forgiveness of sins, which is the best miracle that you can possibly have. Amen. So he sent uh, he sent he sent Jesus to bless you, turning us from our sins, turning to him. Titus chapter three then says that it's the kindness and love of our savior. We were foolish. We were disobedient. Uh, serving various lusts and pleasures and so forth, hateful, hating one another. But when the kindness and love of our Savior of our God toward man appeared, when that, that came into the world, then it says, according to his mercy, he saved us through the Holy Spirit, the washing regeneration of the Holy Spirit. So the kindness and love of Jesus Christ, which is still today in operation, God today isn't trying to hurt people, kill people, harm people, never sent to bad. He doesn't send storms. <laughs> he doesn't send anything evil. Never, never, never. Amen. Amen. I mean, it's sad that when, when COVID first came out, you had all these Christians prophesying stuff on, well, God wanted to do this and he wanted to do that. He wanted to isolate people. What a bunch of garbage. We said from day one that this was from the devil and it is. Amen. Jesus came with love and kindness. Amen. 
when you know the word of God, the word of God sets you free. So you've got all kinds of Christians out here saying things, indicting God on bad reports in their lives. You know that, well, God had a reason. God had a plan. Folks, he's not killing people, not harming people, not hurting people. That's not in, you don't see that in the New Testament. And we are in that covenant. We are in that covenant of grace. So the kindness and love of our Savior appeared toward everybody in this world. The, people can quote John 3.16, but then forget that, hey, that also includes whatever. Everybody in the world. Other religions. Terrorists. Other people. People, you, people don't like. No, it includes them too. Everybody. God loves everybody. Jesus paid the penalty of sin for everybody. Say everybody. So this is the good news. Amen. That's why he came for us. That's why we're here today and we rejoice and can worship like this because of who he is. So 1 John 3 verse 8, for this purpose, the son of God was manifested. Say he who sins is of the devil. For this purpose, the son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. So all these things, the operations of the devil, for our benefit, Jesus came to bring us victory. Amen? So he came to destroy those sins. Sin, sickness, poverty, all those things that came from the curse, Jesus took on him, paid the penalty, so that you and I can be free, free from those things. Amen? We can live a different life. Now, there's no other religion that offers this. There's no other religion that their God is alive. Every other religion has shrines and different things like that. But their God is not alive. When the Bible says our God is the most high God, it means that. When we says we serve a living Savior, he is alive. There's a big difference, all right? And understand me, I'm talking here in America, and some of you are joining me around the world and so forth. But I do want you to know that Jesus is alive. He cares about your life. In many places in the world, if I would say those things that I just said and so forth, people would kill me. Because, because their God is real to them. But it's most of those that God of stone, an idol, or something like that, that cannot hear Cannot see, cannot do anything. Amen. Folks, Paul said he came preaching the word, or came preaching, not just with words, but signs and wonders. There's power in that. There's power in that. We go to other places. See, in America, America has become very dull of hearing. They've heard things and heard, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Where are we going to eat today? You know, they heard it, heard it, heard it. But you go to places where people haven't heard this and they're not dull of hearing. And you say something, you speak something, Boom. Well, there's a miracle. Boom. That's a healing. Well, there's something else. They respond. Why? Because people have, have lived lives in deadness. And now when you speak the power in the name of Jesus, they respond. Amen. It's very powerful. Very powerful. It's very amazing. Very amazing to see. So we have to shake ourselves. The truth of the gospel is for all of us. You have to shake yourself to believe. This is the work of God. You believe in Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. You believe. Hey, thank you, Jesus. He paid the price and he won the victory. So I can walk in victory today. So John 12, 47 then, Jesus said, I didn't come to judge the world. If any man hears my words and does not believe it, I did not judge him. 
I didn't come to judge the world, but to save the world. Now, this is our current situation right now. <laughs> oh, boy. I, be censored with the things you hear from Christians, okay? I'm not talking about the world. I'm talking about Christians. Oh, it's going to judge this world because of this or this happened in Washington. I just want to say, censor it to your ears, would you please? Don't bark out all those things that other people are saying. Jesus came to save this world. Okay? So he's not going to bring some cataclysmic event because it didn't happen your way. That's what we got to understand, folks. We get ourselves in these pictures and we think, well, this is way, this way we see it. It's like, get into the Bible and know the Bible way. This happens because people make the gospel American. Because people think the gospel is like the United States, and it is not. This gospel has to work around the world. All right? You have to understand that. It works around the world. So when we say things, oh, God's going to judge this and this because it's wrong. Just remember, around the world, it is horrible. It makes the United States look like a little Sunday school party. And then we got Christians barking out, he's going to judge and this and that. It's like, folks, get a life. Understand what's going on in the world. Okay? Jesus came to save people. And that's what he's doing. This is a great hour to be alive in. This is a great hour to live for the Lord. Just keep in mind, Jesus never addressed the Roman Empire. He never pointed his finger at Caesar. He never denounced the rulers. Never did that. Never. Should kind of say something to us, shouldn't it? What's this message? To save people from their sins. That's the message. What would it gain? Let me say this. Like when it says, what would it profit a man against the whole world loses his own soul? What's it going to gain the world if people have everything right? Everything's right now. No, they're still lost and going to hell, though. Sorry, everything's not right. You might think it's right. You might think it's wonderful for your world. But if they're still lost and going to hell, not good. The message is Jesus Christ, that he loves you. He cares about people's lives. That's the message. That's the message that goes worldwide. I can talk to the Indian church through Zoom and so forth, and they're under an oppressive regime. And some of them face tremendous persecution. Persecution, folks, that happen, if it happened in the United States, people would be screaming on the tops of churches. But they're rejoicing, praying, and so forth, praying in the Spirit, worshiping the Lord. And yet they know, they know, they could die maybe next week. A little bit different situation, isn't it? Oppressive regimes. Interesting enough, when I'm around the, when I'm around the believers, they never talk about their government. They never talk about their government. They talk about wanting to reach villages and wanting to reach more people and... Little place there. Pastor, I, we're gathering people in the house. Believers are getting born again. We're gathering in the house. There's no church building. They're gathering in the house. I love that. Amen? See, that's the power of God. That's, things are happening around the world. The message is Jesus. Always remember that. Turn to your neighbor and say, the message is Jesus. 
That is the message. Okay, now let's fast forward. Christ has come and we're living in this wonderful covenant. But now we can also see on the horizon. Okay, why should we be evangelistic? Why should we be talking to people about Jesus? Why? And I thank God people witnessed to me. And, hallelujah. <laughs> Even though I wasn't receptive right away, but I thank God for that. 2 Timothy 4.1 says that when Jesus comes back, 2 Timothy 4.1 says uh, he'll judge the living and the dead, notice, at his appearing. So when Jesus comes back now, so there is a second Christmas, so to speak, a second coming, there is a sequel, and when he comes back at that time, At that time, where all this time of grace, people have all this opportunity, but at that time, there will be a judgment. At that time. At his appearing. So when he comes again, at that time, there will be a judgment. Notice it says, at his appearing. All right? At his appearing. Matthew 24, verse 30, says that, that the sign of the Son of Man will appear in heaven All the tribes of the earth will mourn. They will see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. Now, I think when I see all the tribes of the earth will mourn, I I think what's happening here is that people are going to realize, I was wrong. (laughs) For the Christians, hallelujah. Different story for Christians. But for the world, for the tribes of the world, for the peoples of the world, governments of the world and so forth, it's like, Oh, no. Now you have to understand, this isn't like, hey, I got a two-minute warning here, so now you're going to see this, you can all get saved. Boom. No, it's not that way. You have your chance, you have your opportunity to receive Christ. I'm just saying, you know, a lot of people have already left this life, haven't they? So you always want to be ready to meet the Lord. Because you can't predict tomorrow. Everybody hopes for a longer life, but you can't predict tomorrow. You have to live today for Jesus. You have to settle in your heart. Man, he's my savior. I'm going to trust him. I'm going to live for him. I'm going to share him. You got to live today for him. And if, by God's grace, if we're still here when he comes, then we have to understand this is a quick moment. This is like a nanosecond at the coming of Jesus Christ. So it says that he'll come. So, so how, will, how will this all happen? I have no idea other than the fact he's going to come with power and great glory. With power and great glory. And I think we're, we're going to see him. Amen. Acts 1 verse 11 says that, that Jesus, when the disciple, when he was ascended into heaven and the angels came and says, why do you stand gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus who was taken from you into heaven will so come in like manner as you saw him go into heaven. So he's going to come again. He ascended up in the clouds, but he's going to come, boom, again. You know, I grew up in religion. I never heard any of this stuff. Actually, I'm I'm sharing a few tits and bits and pieces in the Bible, but it's all over the Bible that he's coming again. And I never heard any of it. It's like, it's like, wait a minute. Wait a minute, was I, was I misled most of my life? The answer is yes. You know, I go through confirmation, I have my Sunday school pins, I got all this stuff. But I never heard that he's coming back. And I think that's significant. Because if you realize he's coming back and you realize, you realize, well, I want my life right with God. Now. 
He's not telling us, hey, next month, on, on, uh, just after December 26th, I'm going to be here again. No, he's not giving you that. His word already gives us admonition to be looking for him. So if I'm looking for him, then I'm going to be living the way he wants me to live. Amen. This is, this is important. I mean, Jesus is coming again. There is going to be a second, so to speak, Christmas. The first time was a baby. Second time, not as a baby. First time offering much grace and mercy, abundance of that. But there will be a day when it's like, that's over now. You had your chance. You know, it's a very sad thing to be at funerals and so forth, and people take it so casually like, oh, well, he's probably having a beer up there. Well, he's probably doing this and that. It's like, no, I'm sorry. Not doing that. I had a funeral one time. I was called. Sometimes we get called to do funerals and, and um, you know, don't know the people, and so they want somebody to come. And so this family member said, can you come over and do the funeral? I said, well, Sure, and this family member happened to be a Christian. But all the rest of the family was not. And the wife was not. She was an alcoholic. And so uh, they were all quite irritated just that they were going to have a pastor there. So I was, call, I was asked to do this funeral. I said, sure, I can do that. And so that night, the wife calls me up, and she cusses me out. Are you doing that blankety funeral tomorrow? I said, yeah, I am. <laughs> And she says, well, you better not say he went to heaven. I said, okay. I said, I won't. And she just, you know, kind of like, she's been to funerals. Like, they were a good person. They were baptized. They went to heaven. She said, you better not say that. And she, all these swear words. And I said, okay. Yeah, I can, I can do that. And the next day I'm there and she's got, she's got like her can of pop, but it's just loaded with liquor. And she's sitting on the front row and the, Funeral director said, better be careful. I don't know what's going to happen. I said, I don't, either. I don't know either. We'll see. Could be fireworks. But I didn't say that her husband went to heaven. True. Think of this. He died drunk. He died drunk. And when she got up in the morning, she kicked his body, which rigor mortis had already said, and he stiff kicked his body. Get up. We've got to go to work. He was dead. Died drunk. So we're not old people. So I shared about Jesus and that he's coming again and that you have to be ready when your time comes, whatever that is. You can't just live like you want to live. She didn't come out of her seat at me, but I told the truth. Folks, this is real stuff. This is real stuff. People have heard stories, sadly, in churches. That somehow, you see, you jump through step A, you jump through step B, it's like this, you got your certificate, you're going to heaven. I'll tell anybody on camera, that is a lie. If you grew up in a church like that, that is a lie. They did not tell you the Bible. The Word of God talks about a relationship with Jesus Christ, being born again, washed in His blood, living for Him. It never says steps A, B, like go to church and all these things, put these all in the hurdles. No, no, it just says have a relationship with Jesus. Of course, then you want a fellowship. Yes. Of course, you wanted to be in the Bible. Yes. But the key is the relationship with Jesus. When he comes or when your time is up, are you ready? 
Are you ready? Are you ready to meet the Lord? Nori, Nori preaches on Wednesday, last Wednesday, goes to bed and wakes up in heaven. She was ready. Bishop Lewis was talking about how she preached the word and so forth and lived her life. And, and we know that. Preaching the sower and the seed. Revelation 1. Jesus said, or the Bible says, that he's coming with the clouds. Every eye will see him. Don't understand how that will happen, but it's going to happen in a nanosecond. Every eye will see him, even they who pierced him. Think about people, people that are in, right now, uh, in, in Hades and so forth. But everybody's going to see. Incidentally, you know, people can think, you know, I don't believe that, Pastor. I, 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 I doubt those things and so forth. One second after death, everybody's a believer. Not that they got saved, but they're going to know whether they're right or they're wrong. One second after death, it's like, I was wrong! Yeah, one second. They're going to realize it. They can, they can do all their other stuff and be proud and arrogant. One second after death, they're going to stand in a place to realize, was I right or was I wrong? That's a big gamble. I'm not a betting man, but I sure wouldn't want to bet on that. Even those who pierced him, all the tribes of the earth will mourn. Well, they're going to mourn because... Because they had their opportunity. That's why they're going to moan. They had, their, they had their opportunity because of Jesus. Even so, it says, Amen. I'm the Alpha and Omega, beginning and the end, says the Lord, who is, who was, and who is to come, the Almighty. I'm thinking, man, I missed that for so much of my life. Man, he's coming again. He's coming again. Revelation 19, Revelation 19. Of course, there's verses in these areas, but heaven's open. There's a white horse. Greg, we are the white horse with Jesus, all right? And he's called faithful and true. In righteousness, he judges and makes war. Now, what, what is this? Of course, he's judging people. The war against the devil. The devil, the beast, and the Antichrist, all that's thrown into the lake of fire. All right? God, God listen... Jesus died for people. So you have to think of the pain that God feels when people reject him. Think of the pain when people choose death rather than life. Think of the pain. He paid the price. He paid the price. Sometimes Christians just get, again, cavalier, like, yeah, they're going to go to hell and so forth. And Billy Graham said, you should never talk about hell without tears in your eyes. Hell's a real place. It's a terrible place. It's eternity in the bad way. <laughs> terrible. You wouldn't want to wish that on anybody, you know. Think about it. Where people are going. Every day you can open up the register. You can open up the Argus Lee. You can open up anything and see obituaries. Where do those people go? A lot of people, I don't know all those people, but that's a thought I always have. You know, well, they were baptized and so forth. I was like, well, that's probably not good. If you're banking, if you're betting your life on some certificate, incidentally, not one of those people remember their baptism because they were babies. Okay, so somebody gave them a certificate and they're betting their bottom dollar on that certificate. And somebody's saying you're saved because of that, which you don't remember. Of course, you didn't live it, but you're still saved. 
wrong. Biblically wrong. Pastors morally wrong for teaching stuff like that. Incidentally, if you're watching, there's no record in the Bible of a baby being baptized. If you're watching, no record of that. None. Yet an entire, entire doctrines are built on that, which doesn't exist. Doesn't exist. It's amazing. Now you see the blindness of the enemy to blind us. Because I believe that. I believe that. That because I was, had this, therefore I was this. You know what I mean? I mean, I was the guy, I was the guy that as a senior in high school, we could go out and drink the night before and I'd be in the Sunday service helping lead the liturgy. Laughing at the organist up there who was out drinking with me like, hey, you made it, you know. But we were all saved. We were all saved. We're all Christians. All Christians. I remember going to a youth conference in New York City, being at this youth conference and having all these liberal speakers and so forth like that. And then we came home and he had to give a presentation. His youth ministry had to give a presentation to the congregation. We got together and think, what are we going to say? Because we just kind of had a good time this whole time. You know what I mean? New York City, a few beers here and there, high school students. So we made up some, let's talk about this. Okay, that was a good, okay, we'll just. And so it was really a good time and we really felt encouraged, you know. And of course, people didn't know any different anyway. Isn't that sad? That's the life I lived. I lived a lie because I was told a lie. But what I'm saying is we can tell other people like someone told people, many people told me, but tell people Jesus is coming again. For some people, they think that's kind of scary. That's good. That's good. Amen. We should be thinking if it means getting scared. I get scared. Change your thinking, though, according to the Bible. See, it's not about a church or denomination. It's about a relationship with Jesus. But he's coming again. So, so we have to understand this. His eyes are a flame of fire. His many crowns, his name written, uh, uh, that he knew as his, clothes, his clothing is dipped with blood. The name of his, uh, the, his name is called the Word of God. Faithful and true, the Word of God. This is the one who's coming again. This is the one who's coming again for all of us. John 12, verse 48. It says, says, he rejects me and does not receive my words, has that which judges him, the word that I have spoken will judge him in the last day. So the very word that people have, and of course, in, especially in our country, many, many people have Bibles. And Michael's helped give away thousands of Bibles through the Gideons. So many people, see, see, it's like, no, no, I'm sorry. You're without excuse. You're without excuse. The world itself, the, the world itself declares the glory of God. Or we were talking about the other night, the, the northern lights and so forth. The world declares the glory of God. That there is a God. And it causes people like, who is he? They who seek him shall find him. Amen. Those who search for him will find him and so forth. So the last day, it's actually the word, the very word that will judge people in that last day. Not now. Right now is this time of grace. Night now is a time of grace. Philippians chapter 2. Every knee will bow, every tongue will confess. 
not just a Christian knee, but he's given a name that's, that's highly exalted. It's above every other name. That's why, that's why the world likes to take that name in vain, the name of Jesus. That's why. The devil wants to throw it in the dirt all the time. That's why, that's why when people cuss, they're not saying, Oh, Muhammad, or Krishna. Or something. They're not saying something else. That's why. Because that name, that's the name the devil's afraid of. The devil say, by the way, he's already defeated. Amen. He's already defeated. And we're just walking in the victory that Jesus gives us while we're in this world. But the devil's already defeated. And let me just tell you, there's power in that name of Jesus. When you speak that name of Jesus, something's going to happen. Something good's going to happen. So, so this name of Jesus that says at that name, every knee, every knee in the world, every knee, you know, you could say every knee in hell, every knee, everybody's going to bow, every knee, not one knee, not a courtesy thing, no, every knee's going to bow to Jesus Christ. Things in heaven, things on earth, things under the earth. Every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God. Every tongue will confess. Doesn't mean they believe you in this life, but see, once you're dead, it's like, He was Lord! He was Lord! Yep. In torment, people will say that. Jesus is Lord. But their time is now. And God gives everybody a choice. Everybody gets a choice in this. No one, no one can say, well, I didn't have a choice. Everybody gets a choice. James 5 says to be patient. Establish yours. Be, strength, be strong. I mean, this is not the time to be weak. It says the coming of the Lord is, is, is at hand. Now think about this. Think about this whole world that, that was shut down with the pandemic. But I'm just going to say, if we're around, there's bigger things coming. <laughs> Okay, there's bigger things coming. So if, if your faith gets shaken in the current environment over, over, of a, over a disease, then that should cause you to want to cling more to his word and be in the Bible. Amen. Amen? Because if, if you feel like, whoa, boy, boy, that was a punch. No, get in the word of God so that your, your hearts can be established. Amen? So your hearts can be strong. I mean, if the Bible says a thousand falls at your side or ten thousand, right? What does it mean? It's pretty close to you, pretty close to you, but not happening to you. So you want to be ready. Don't grumble against others. And of course, that's the devil's trick, too, to get believers grumbling against everybody else. You know, don't be condemned. It says, behold, the judge is standing at the door. So Jesus, I believe, is ready to return when the Father says so. And we don't know when, but the fact is we have to live our lives like, hey, he's at the door. The last day started at the day of Pentecost. Certainly now it's got, it's got to be quite close. Amen. That at that time at his appearing is when there is judgment in the world. On all, not on the Christians, on all that is ungodly at that point, at that time. Amen. First Thessalonians five, just a couple more verses, a couple more things. First Thessalonians five, you know, notice it says you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord comes as a thief in the night. In other words, people aren't expecting it. Okay, so Christians should be, first of all, aware that, 
yeah, the world's not expecting it, but you are. Amen? Turn to your neighbor and say, expect the Lord to return. Say, expect the Lord to return today. <laughs> because, because notice that, that people aren't expecting it, but people are going to say peace and safety. So the world government, which incidentally is active right now. Incidentally, let, let's just be real clear. Every Republican president over the last decades has worked for world government. Both President Bushes, all of them worked for world government. So people say, well, I'm going to be a Republican, I'm going to be this. Everybody's working for that. Why? Is That's the Antichrist system. Everybody's after that. That's the world. Let's be real clear on that, okay? They're all working for that. It's not like people have revelation, like, we're going to, we're going to stop all these. They know they don't have that. They're blind. That's the world. Antichrist spirit says, says they're of the world. The world hears them. So people just march along like, boy, they got, that's good. We'll keep following that. So then at some point they'll say peace and safety and then sudden destruction. Return of the Lord. Like labor pains upon a pregnant woman, they shall not escape. But notice, you, brethren, are not in darkness so that that day should overtake you as a thief. You should underline this. 1 Thessalonians 5, 4, say, you, brethren, are not in darkness. This day, this day of the coming of the Lord should not surprise us. Folks, if my heart, if my heart is in making money, getting a prestige, doing things, then people are clinging more to this life than, than the next life. Your heart has to be in Jesus. Sure, you might have resources, wonderful, but your heart has to be in Jesus, period. Everything else will burn, <laughs> okay? You can take nothing with you. Like it says, it is certain you can take nothing with you. It is very certain. I realize when I die, my wife doesn't have to buy me an expensive casket because it's going into dirt. There's nobody to impress. Hello. I was at the cemetery doing a funeral out there. And the, and the director said, look at that casket. They had it hand-painted like a car. And they had all these beautiful things on and so forth. And even, even the, the vault was decorated and so forth. And I'm thinking, it's going in the dirt. What do I care? He thought I'd be impressed. I'm not impressed. I'm not impressed. That doesn't matter. What matters is where you're going. And the very second you die, you're in His presence. When you love Jesus. The very second. Woo! That's pretty powerful. Pretty powerful. I don't understand it, but I know what the Bible says. And when you know the Bible, what the Bible says, then you can have peace with God because of Jesus Christ. Amen. These are good things. So this day for us, because again, people, even Christians going around, oh, you see what's going on here. We see what's going on here. And they're all distracted. Is the enemy distracting people rather than telling somebody at work, hey, Jesus loves you. He's coming again. He's got a plan for your life. You need to turn to him. Pray the prayer of life. That's the message. God doesn't want us distracted by all the other things. The message is Jesus Christ. That's it. Woo! 
Folks, it's a message I keep repeating to my children, to my grandchildren. I keep telling them what's important. People get just people can say, well, they go to church. Well, these people go to church. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know all that. But we must exhort one another while it's today. Exhort one another to live for Jesus. Exhort one another to burn hot. Don't become comfortable. Which is where most of the American church is at. They're comfortable. Everything's good, nice, so forth. Got my needs met. Everything's comfortable. And there's nothing wrong with having things. But I tell you, it's a real world. And people need to know Jesus. Amen? We're not in darkness. The second coming is good for God's people. To be honest, to be honest, folks, dying is good. Hello? <laughs> to be honest, even dying's good. It's a good thing. It's, it's a graduation. It's a promotion. Bruce, Bruce Miller said to me one time, I, he said, I'm looking forward to my graduation. And I said, what, Bruce? And he says, my next graduation. Because he had Ph.D. degrees, all these things. And he was looking forward to going to heaven. Some of his last breaths, his family's around him at the Brookings Hospital, and he pulled off a breathing mask. They were trying to console him and so forth, and he pulled off a breathing mask, and he looked at me and he said, Thank you. Thank you for all you did for me and my family. Thank you for sharing the word. He put on his breathing mask, and he died. Wow. He knew where he was going. He was grateful. He was excited about the next life. Amen. I mean, it was really, it's powerful, it's profound. Nurses are seeing these things and so forth. My mama, when she died, we were saying she died at, just after Christmas. We buried her on my birthday. But during the Christmas season, my brothers, most of them didn't know the Lord at the time. And so I'm singing to my mom in the hospital. I'm singing to her. So I sang some hymns. I sang some Christmas songs. I sang things of the Lord. And my mom had given her life to the Lord, but she, you know, now she was unconscious. But I was singing as holding her hand and different things like that. And uh, my brothers were in the room, and tears are coming down their eyes as I was singing. They said, we still remember that, Dave, what you did. And my mom died in the mor- in early in the morning hours. And the nurse said, wow, this was the, pres- and the presence, Lord, the peace of God around. I said to this nurse, I said, well, I said, is that how everybody dies? And she looked at me and said, oh, no, no, no. People, people die a lot of ways, but not of them are all that peace. Some are screaming and different things like that. John 14, 2, Jesus said, I, I, I'm going to prepare a place for you. And this is, this is again, this is profound, but I'm going to prepare a place for you. And he, and he is for his people, right? He's preparing a place for us. And we, people get hung up on these mansions, mansions. Folks, get your head off of American stuff. <laughs> I got a big house up there. No, don't think about that. You are the temple of the Holy Ghost, all right? I don't understand what all that means, but just don't get hung up on all these natural things, you know, like I'm going to get a big house. Forget it, all right? But he said, I'm going to go prepare a place for you. And if I go, now listen to this, if I'm going to prepare a place, I will come again. Wow. How come I never heard that as a kid? I'm going to come again. Jesus said, I'm going to come again. I'm going to come for you, Dave. That where I am, you may be also. If you live for me. Like, remember, that what was it John Piper said? Heaven is a prepared place for prepared people. You've got to want to go there. You don't end up there accidentally. You've got to want to go there. 
Just like going to hell. You don't end up in hell accidentally. No, you wanted to go there. That's what you wanted. That's how you lived your life. You got what you wanted. The wages, the pay of sin is death. But there are also wages of righteousness. And the pay of that is eternal life. So you go where you want to go. Not by accident. It's how you live your life. So he says, I'm going to come again. I'm going to where you may be also. In verse 28 also of John 14, he just says this. He says, you heard me say, I'm going away and coming back. Now we know he resurrected and talked to the disciples. But he's also coming back for us again. Amen? Don't, don't mix up these things, all right? He's coming again for all of us. Now, let me just close this. I want to get this in. 1 Thessalonians 4. Just hang with me a second. 1 Thessalonians 4. Because this is good. The Lord's going to descend from heaven with a shout. Boom. It isn't like people are going to say, okay, I'll, I'll choose now Jesus. Roger, remember the guy that shared at the church years ago, the, 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 the man, he talked about terror at Tenerife. Talked about a plane accident. Rain Helen, you'd remember that too. And this guy, you'd think everybody, this plane crash in Tenerife Islands, two jumbo jets sliced through one another. Hundreds of hundreds of people died and so forth. And this man said, this man who was a Christian, sitting in his seat, said he saw people burning in their seats, cursing God. See, people say, oh, at that last day, I'd, I'd give my life to the Lord. No, out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth's going to speak. He said it was the most shocking unbelievable thing is he saw people dying, cursing God. And there was a hole in the aircraft. He does it like 10 feet up. He doesn't even know how, but he jumped up and climbed out. He's one of the few people that lived in the accident. He's going to descend, boom, with a shout. Trumpet of God. Dead in Christ will rise first. We that are alive and remain. Some people will be alive and remain. I don't know if it's our lifetime, but you want to be living like it is. Amen. Those people will be caught up together with them in the clouds. Notice, notice the terminology. People that are alive and remain together with them, those people that are the dead in Christ rising. With them, we're together. Say hallelujah. All right? In other words, in other words, you're going to see other believers. And if family members knew Jesus, you're going to see those people again. Hallelujah. So we're caught up with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Notice it says, thus shall we, all, we always be with the Lord. Comfort one another with these words. Comfort one another like, it's worth it. Live for Jesus now. Trust Jesus. And yes, you'll see loved ones later and so forth. But it's good to, to stand fast in the Lord now. And then we have the promise of eternal life. Hallelujah. Much better than this life. Much better. Let's not, let's not allow ourselves to be so comfortable in this world that we miss what God wants to do through us. And that is that we tell others about his love, about his grace. Amen. This is the message. Christmas too. Jesus is coming again. You can tell your friends, your family, your children or your grandchildren. Tell them this exactly. People understand movies. They understand sequels. They say, hey, there's a sequel. There's a Christmas too. And people, most people, you know what it is. Huh? What? What? Christmas too? What? Well, he's coming again. Jesus is coming again. Now close your eyes just for a minute. Those of you watching also on film right now, camera right. Just close your eyes because do you know him? Do you have a relationship with Jesus? This isn't about a church. It's not about a religion, but it's about a relationship. 
And Jesus loves you so much that he gave his life for you. This day, when you're seeing this right now, could be night, could be morning, could be sometime, but this moment, this time, is a time for you to lift your eyes to Jesus and to put your trust in him. Some people here even maybe want, want to do that in this place. If you do, just lift your hand. If you want to pray with me a second. I'm going to pray a life prayer. I'm going to pray a life prayer. If you want to pray with me today, specifically, a rededication or anything. So I want you to just say, and I want you to say this where you're at right now, at your home or wherever you're at, you're watching on your phone even. You can just say this. Just say, Lord Jesus, I open my heart to you. And today, Lord... I ask you to forgive me. I ask you to cleanse me. And Jesus, reveal yourself to me. I believe you are the Son of God. And I believe that you're my Savior. So I thank you for forgiveness. And I thank you for grace. And I thank you for mercy, Lord. And today I'm going to follow you, Lord. And I thank you for this transformation. In my life, in Jesus' name, amen, amen. So wherever you're at, if you prayed that prayer, he's going to manifest himself to you. You're going to have an epiphany, like a revelation, like, yes, he is the son. He is my savior. He does love me. You're going to feel forgiveness and grace and peace with God because that's what he does. That's what he's done for people here. But millions and millions and millions, hundreds of millions of people across the world. What a great time to live for the Lord. Amen. This is a great time. We call it holiday season. Don't be pushed out on stress. Don't be tempted. You got to buy a bunch of things. Do what you can do. That's fine. Be nice. Be a blessing. All right. To your family, whatever. But listen, it's all about Jesus. It really is. And tell people, I'm serious now, tell your family. I'll tell my family again. There's Christmas too. There's a sequel. He's coming again. Amen. Amen. Tell people about that. Amen. Because this is the message the world needs to hear. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. (laughs) Praise God. All right. Bless one another. We're going to put on some music and we will see you tonight. Albert Sharon tonight. Thank you for listening to this inspirational message. We trust that you were encouraged in your faith. For additional information or resources, please contact the church at 605-692-4616. You can email us at holylifeatbrookings.net or visit our website at holylifetabernacle.com. If you're in the Brookings area, please stop by to visit a service. We are located at 241 Mustang Pass, just off Main Avenue South. Our service times are Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6.30 p.m., Also, Wednesday nights at 7. God bless you.